Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I love that we get an opportunity to talk specifically about uh, some important issues, you know, about that with our, no- if you like, our normal life. Because I don't believe, as I've said so often, that our church life and our normal life are mutually exclusive. They are, they are one and the same. And in my view, we should be using principles uh, that, we, that Jesus gives us to live the best life that we can possibly live. So tonight we're talking about uh, friendship and um, I'm going to... It's kind of an interesting, interesting subject um, in knowing how to handle it. But we're just gonna, we're just gonna talk. We're just gonna chat. Um, I got this uh, little interesting statistic that that loneliness is a killer. It can literally seriously damage your health. There is some research out there that would suggest that being lonely is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So I don't know how one comes up with those kind of statistics, but I can imagine it being true because we are designed for relationship. Um, God himself said, in Genesis 2, verse 18, it's not good for man to be alone. And of course, he himself, he, he, God represents what relationship is. He is in a relationship. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is in relationship. And uh, he, he wants us to be in relationship. There's, there's a huge difference between isolation and, and solitude. Solitude can be quite a um, restorative thing. Um, I suppose all the introverts in the room are going to say amen, you know. Um, and the, just to explain uh, because I, I think that sometimes we think that extroverts and introverts are just the outgoing personalities. I, you, I'm an introvert, like more introvert than you would ever realize. And you think, oh, get real, Malcolm. No, no, the, the thing is that I'm an introvert because I am restored by spending time on my own. Whereas some people are restored and refreshed by spending time with people. So, yeah, that was my wife. I recognized her voice. And yes, she is an absolute extrovert and she married an absolute introvert. Um, on, our, on our website, in, uh, when we were at Harfield in uh, South Africa, um, Bethany did it. And uh, the way she described us was that uh, my, my dad is always the first to want to leave the party. And my mom is always the last who wants to leave the party. And, and that's pretty, pretty true. 
So we had some, we've had some interesting conversations at parties. Um, but uh, it's, it's an important thing to, to say that I think to help, it helps. There's nothing bad or good about being extrovert or introvert. It's just about the way you are and the way you are restored. And I absolutely love people up to a point. And then I need to go away on my own for a little while and then I can come back and I absolutely love people. But some of you, you just can't get enough. In fact, the thought of being on your own is like, why would I want to do that? (laughs) There's a whole world of people out there to go and meet. Why would I want to spend time on my own? So uh, I think that it's just interesting human nature. I wanted to I wanted to come and talk a little bit about friendship because I think that it's, it's, it's a very uh, interesting, powerful subject because I think that who we associate with is powerful. I think the Bible teaches us that. Um, and so when, I, when I'm talking about friendship, I'm not solely talking about companionship. I am talking about companionship, but it's not just about that because it's about the um, influences on, on our lives. I, uh, I heard it, actually, we, we went to Hillsong Conference uh, this week and we had an absolutely fantastic time. I, do, I love this set, but the fact I've got to get up to get my coffee is, I don't know. It's all right, guys, it's all right. You're learning, you're learning, it's all right. Because my wife's not here, I'm going to put it on the floor. And that's why she tells me not to put it on the floor, <laughs> on the carpet. Uh, we had an absolutely amazing time, uh, just so inspirational. One of the things, actually, funny enough, that, that, that Brian said was that, uh, which I don't uh, disagree with, that um, a, a friend, friendship is um, a, the same soul in two bodies. The same soul in two bodies. And I, and I kind of agree. I know what, and he was quoting somebody else. I know, I know what he's saying by that. But I, I think that's kind of a limited view of what friendship actually is. Proverbs tells us uh, in, in highlighting how important our, our associations are. Proverbs 22 Verses 24 to 25, it says this, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. And that, that, that illustrates how powerful our associations are, how powerful our relationships are, that you are going to be impacted by the people that are around your life. So you should choose carefully. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, I... I often flip that on its head because then that also means that, 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 that good company will produce good character um, and, and, and can actually take a bad character and turn that around just by the people that you are, are mixing with. But 
You know, I think it's important to understand that our, our, we, our, our values, our thoughts are influenced. Now, you, I know you, you might say, well, you know what, I'm too strong-minded, I'm not going to be influenced. But it's, it's, it's kind of the slow erosion over the passing of time. That when you, when you, the, the, the way people think, the kind of things that you do, it begins to influence us. In Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. See, I love that. That's kind of the opposite, saying it the opposite way round. It's like, if you want to be a wise person, walk with somebody who's wise. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you want to be a generous person, then walk with somebody who's generous. You know, if you, where, if you, whatever you want to do in life, find someone who's doing it well. And get around them. You know, we were talking about family this morning. If you've got, if you've got somebody, you know, uh, if there's a, a, a mom that you admire or a, a father that you admire, and you, then take them for coffee, take them for a meal. Get in their presence. Ask them some questions about how they did what they did and, and, and how successful they are. Take, get opportunity to, to learn in that way, create opportunity. Um, Proverbs 27, verse 17. I actually, I've just read the second half of that Proverbs 20 scripture. It says, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Eish. So Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And, you know, I think, like it or not, your friends will either call out the best version or the worst version of you over time. I've said that your best friend is actually the one who brings out the best in you, not, not the one you've known the longest. I'm not saying it's, it's, it doesn't have value to have known someone all your life. You know, it's, I'm not saying it doesn't have value to have longevity of friendship. Of course it does. It's a wonderful thing. If you have that, it's a wonderful thing. But the, 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 my view of friendship is because it's not just companionship, because it is influential, that it's either going to have a positive effect or a negative effect on my life, then I, I, I want to be careful about those influences that are there also you know iron sharpening iron means that there's going to be friction and some sparks so with a good friendship you know uh, I've often said you know sometimes you talk to people some some married couples they say oh we've been married for 50 years and never had a crossword. And I'm like, what, don't you talk? <laughs> it's like, how can you, like, my, my wife and I are, we are, uh, you know, like having very strong, interesting conversations all the time because we're always pushing the boundaries of our relationship. I don't think, it all depends. If your definition of having a good marriage is never having an argument, then I suppose then you'll aim not to have an argument. That's not my definition of a good marriage. 
My definition of a good marriage is to have a strong, developing, growing relationship. That means that we're not going to agree on everything. We are going to, and I love that. I love the fact that we, we talk and we debate and we argue. And, you know, and, and I, I, I love it when eventually Lynette realizes she was wrong. And there's just that moment of pleasure to see the light go on in her eyes and the joy in her face as she realizes that. So iron, iron sharpens iron. Uh, so the fact that if you've got a great friendship, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a few sparks and a bit of friction because you've got someone there who's not just telling you you're lovely and you're awesome uh, and that's good. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. We need that in our lives. But we also need people who are going to challenge us and help us to be a better version of ourselves. You know, I, I think... A true friend is someone who, who, who wouldn't just let you carry on without using the potential that's in your life. You know, um, I've written down this question, who makes you feel like you can do anything? Who makes you feel? Who makes you feel like that when you've spent time with them, that you can take the world? Now, I think that the answer to that question is quite important because if you're right now thinking to yourself, well, I don't know that I've got, I don't know I've got anyone that makes me feel like that. Well, I want to say, why? Why wouldn't you find someone who makes you feel like that? And if somebody's face immediately came into your mind the moment I said that, yeah, when I spend time with that person... I feel like I can take the world. Then I want to say, how much time do you spend with them? And if it's not a lot, why wouldn't you make time to spend with them? You know, because that is, that, that is, that is an investment in your life. Of course, if you're married to someone like that, you're golden. And why can't you be? I'm, I'm married to my best friend. I'm married to my biggest supporter. And, and I hope she feels the same way. But for me, I'll get to that in a moment. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I would say this, that there is one, there's one relationship that is pivotal to all relationships and John 15 points to that, that greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And I want to say that Jesus was someone who laid down his life for us, his friends. Because even when you weren't recognizing him, even when you were a long way away from him, even when you were living a life that wasn't honoring him, he considered you a friend and he loved you. And I, I want to say that if this is pivotal, you relate, for me, because I've said we're created for relationship. God has created us for relationship, but he's created us primarily for relationship with him. That's why my relationship with him is pivotal. Because if I don't have the right relationship with him, 
I will make too great a demand upon the relationships around my life because I have got a vacuum. I have got something missing in my life that I will be looking either to my spouse or my friends to fill when actually only God can fill that space. So the success of my relationships beyond God are dependent on my relationship with God. That has to be in place. I have to have a relationship with God. If my relationship with God is not in place, all other relationships are knocked out of kilter. Do you know what I'm saying? But if God is in His rightful place, then we will not end up making unreasonable demands upon others. John, 1 John 4 says this, God is love. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Our ability to love one another, our ability to, to show love is born of God. And, and that means that my relationships with other people must be based on my ability to love in a godly way, not just upon my soulish emotions. Because the thing about me is, and I'm sure some of us in the room can relate, that our emotions are up and down. We have good days, we have bad days. I can love that that day and not love it another day. You know what I mean? It's, but God brings a consistency. He calibrates our, our, our love. Um, and so I think that Proverbs again says this. He says that, that a man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. So I'm, I understand that I may be talking to people in the room who don't feel like you've got a lot of friends or don't feel like you've got a good friends or when I started speaking at the beginning there, you, you felt, you felt long, you say, yeah, I feel lonely. Um, and I, I, but I wanna, I wanna empower you tonight to, to do something about your situation with the help of God. Because it's very easy to sit there and, and just think, well, nobody in this church likes me. No one in this church loves me. No one cares about me. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you, you know I, I like to say, you know, like when, when, when you've got those kind of thoughts running through your mind, it has an influence on the way you carry yourself. It has an influence on the way you look. So while you're sat there thinking, nobody cares, nobody loves me, nobody wants me, you're kind of looking. And interestingly, you're not looking like the kind of person that anyone wants to come and talk to. Because they're afraid of what reaction they're going to get. And I want to, I wanna, so I, when, when, when the proverb says, Kind of if you want friends, you must show yourself to be friendly. So if you want friends, you've got to be friendly. Yeah. 
You gotta, you've got to do things that are friendly. I actually, I want to say, I want to say for, you know, like, if you want to, if you want, if you haven't got friends and you want friends, join a serving team. If you haven't got friends and you want friends, join a life group. Position yourself to make friends. You know, I'm going to get someone to say, oh, I tried that, it didn't work. Well, then I want to say, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror and challenge yourself because God has designed you for a relationship and God didn't make a mistake with you. He didn't leave that bit out when he made you. So I think that if you, you know, like, and it's not like that you do one nice thing for somebody and then think, well, they're going to be your best friend for life. You know, it, it's about sowing. It's about relationships develop. You know, I know that there are sometimes though, though some moments where some people just click and, 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 and it's great. But you know, some of my best friends have not come from people I've clicked with first off. It, they, they, sometimes you, you, you can see people uh, and think, oh, I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah. Hi, hi. But like, because it's like, first of all, you know, it's like, it's like when a, if you're like an introvert meets an extrovert and that you think, oh, they're, they're too much. They are a bit too much for me. And you make a decision within a very few seconds of how, how you're going to get on with that person when actually you don't know them, you don't know anything about them, you haven't given yourself opportunity to hear about them. That, that could actually be your best friend. But you've got to give yourself chance and you've got to show yourself to be friendly. Have, be friendly to have friends. You reap what you sow. Luke 6 verse 31 says, Do to others as you would have them do to you. Take the initiative. Seize the initiative. If you show yourself to be friendly and consistently do it with the right heart and attitude, with the help of God, Jesus will make sure that you get friends. Now, I would say along with that then, you know, sometimes you've got to trust who God sends to you. Because you might be saying, no, I don't want you to be my friend. I was hoping that, I was hoping that he might be from my friend. I was hoping she might be my friend. But, you know, God knows. God knows everything about us. And he knows what we need. And, and friendships are, are built on varying things. One of the things I hope that I want to get across to you is that not all friendships are equal in that they, they, they represent different things. Some friends I give more to in the relationship. I have friends that there's some, the friendship is based on what I bring to the relationship. There are other relationships where I may receive more from that relationship than I give to it. And then there are other relationships where it's kind of equal. T.D. Jakes put it this way. I actually loved it, so I stole it. Um, you've got people in your life that need you and you've got people in your life who feed you. And you need people in your life who just like you. So 
If, you're, if, you're, if you've only got people in your life who need you. Now you see, uh, if there are some people who can surround themselves with people who need them because they need to be needed. So they want to feel like the hero or the heroine. They want to feel like Superman or Superwoman. So they surround themselves with needy people. There are some pastors like this. Doesn't didn't have to get quiet. It's all right. Because there are some pastors, because of their own brokenness or something unhealed in their lives, will want to be the hero and want to be the, and they'll be there for everybody and but the thing is this they will have a church that is filled with needy people who always need him and he always needs to be there for them i can think someone's probably thinking oh i quite like a church like that <laughs> unfortunately my, my, my thinking is not that because I want you to get whole and stronger and better. I, I don't mind you being dependent on God. Be dependent on God. But I, I, I believe that following Jesus means that I'm going to get stronger and more whole and more healed the more I walk with Him. So I'm not supposed to have exactly the same need this year as I had five years ago. You know what I'm saying? I think that Jesus wants us to grow and change. So, but if, if you surround yourself with people who need you all the time and you're giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out, you're going to burn out. Extrovert, introvert, or whatever vert, you are going to burn out because no one is designed to be giving out all the time. You need people in your life who feed you. I've got to, see that, you've got to understand that when I go away to a conference like that, it's an opportunity for me to be fed. Because I don't, I don't come to church in, in quite the same way you guys come to church. Do you understand that? Because I've got responsibility to bring something here on a Sunday. Otherwise you'd all have something to say. But, the, but I've also got to find environments in which I can be fed. So I've got, to, I've got to take responsibility for me. I, I can't sit here saying, oh, nobody, no, I need, I need food. I need someone. I need some input. I, I need to position myself to, to go and get that kind of input in my life. I want to say the same to you. To some of you who maybe sit there thinking, oh, you know, like I'm giving out, I'm giving out. Well, take responsibility for you. And, and position yourself to be fed. And you say, well, you know, I'm always looking out for other people. You think someone look out for me. Well, Jesus is looking out for you. And if you position yourself, he will make sure that you get fed. Is this, is this helping anybody? I think that, listen, I want to I kind of give you just an idea of, of kind of, the levels of friendship. 
Because I don't think that, as I've said, all friendships are the same. Uh, and, and, and Jesus, Jesus gives us the examples of that in, in, in the way he handled relationships. Je, there were times when Jesus said to the crowd, you can't come. So there were times when he went off with the three, even though he had 12 disciples. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether Jesus considered the fact that others in the 12 might get offended. Like, why is it always them three going off with Jesus? What's wrong with me? Why can't I go off with Jesus? I don't know whether those conversations went on. I suspect they did because of some of the other examples we have of, in Scripture of them being competitive with one another. Now, this is only a guide. I don't want anyone now like... It's just to give you a little bit of an internal understanding. It's not the law. It's not, you know, like something like you've got to uh, let everybody know what level friend they are. It's, it's yeah, oh, there might not be a friend any longer. So, um, but it can just help you to manage your relationships. So there were the 72 disciples, level 72. This is, we, we, in, especially in church, it's like these were 72 people. So Jesus didn't have the same relationship with the 72 as he had with the three. It's impossible. So, and he was God. He was man, but also God. And even he knew that you can't do that. So level, level 72 is people, people you know and say hi to. And you probably wouldn't invite all of them to your birthday party. But you ask them how they're doing and... They'll say fine. And they'll say, How are you? And you'll say fine. Whether you're fine or not, you'll just say, I'm fine. But then there's there's level 12 friendships. These are these are like, you know, like maybe 12 people around your life. They're part of the 72. And they may get an invite to your birthday party. Um, and you're likely to share a bit more information with them. Um, in other words, there's, there's a sense of permission to get beyond the simple, fine answer. You, 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 you've got, you, there is a, a mutual sense of permission that I can ask a bit more than that. I feel like I've got the level of relationship to ask a bit more than that. Then you've got the level three, three, three people in your life, these are part of the 12. They'd get an invite to your birthday party. And you'd be open with these people about most things. Now, I understand that as I'm talking, this is kind of a little idealistic. And I know that some of you aren't open with anybody about most things. And I understand that. Because trust is an issue. But Jesus doesn't want you to live in that place. He doesn't want you to live in a place where you mistrust everybody because you've been hurt. You say, well, if I open up and trust, I'm just going to get hurt again. True. True. 100%. No doubt about it. But Jesus is with you. And he has the grace to help you forgive and overcome that real life 
doesn't protect you from pain. And when you lock others out so you don't get hurt, you lock yourself in. You can't do one without the other. So for every one of us, we should be looking for someone. That's why I'm saying not, our friendships don't actually break down or for most of us into these categories, but it just helps us understand how to manage and the possibility. Maybe you've only got level 72 relationships. Maybe you've just got a lot of people on Facebook where you've got a lot of likes, but no relationship really. And you are, you are uh, you, so you, you know a lot of people, but you actually haven't got, still got somebody you can be really open with. So you've got something, you've got a goal to, that, to aim for there. So we've got the three, this is someone who would be open with about most things and they would have the permission to challenge us and bring correction to us as indeed we would have to them. So these are our close friends. They're not just going to tell us how wonderful they are. They're going to they're challenge us about, about what we're doing and inspire us to be a better person. That's the way it should be. And then there is the one. Jesus had the one, the one that Jesus loved. And I, I would always say, if for anyone who's married, your spouse should be the one. I don't believe that you should have a more open relationship with anybody than you have with your spouse. I just feel that that is important for somebody. You shouldn't have a, a more open relationship. You shouldn't be more open with your emotions to anybody than you are with your spouse. That said, I do believe that if you're female, you should have a female friend who is also a number one. And if you're male, you should have a male friend who is also number one. Why? Because there's some things about being a man that only men understand. And there's some things about being a woman that God only knows. <laughs> Women understand. So, I, I, I think that that's fine. So I'm, I, what I'm saying is that you can have a strength, that strength of relationship, um, but that strength of relationship should never be used to beat up your husband verbally to that person or beat up your wife verbally to that person. A true friend would be helping you steer to a, a more wholesome relationship if you are having a trouble uh, in your relationship with your spouse. Some, some friendships, is, is that, does that help you in, in just breaking it down to help you manage your, your friendships? Because I think that, that, you know, like if Jesus did it, it helps us so we're not stressing ourselves out. You, someone can be your friend, but they may not be in the close three. And that's fine. You know, it's, it's like, it's, so it helps you understand that in certain events of your life, who you can relate to and who you can invite to those times. You know, and I think that's particularly helpful in a church setting. You know, anyone who's uh, recently uh, 
um, planned a wedding, Luke or Matt, you know, and it can be very stressful in, in, you know, who do you invite, who don't you invite when you're on a budget, but this just helps us understand where our friends are. Some friendships are for life and some friendships are for a season. I think this is a really freeing thing. Some friendships are for life and some friendships are for a season. That can either you being a friend to somebody for a season or them being friends with you for a season. Because some people are like scaffolding. They come into your life for a season. They're up, holding up against the building. There's work that needs to be done. The work's done. Once the work's done, the scaffolding's no longer needed. The scaffolding will go along to another building and be scaffolding there. I think that there are some people like that in churches. God sends some people to be scaffolding in churches. And they'll come and hold up for a season. That's fine. We, we can't have everybody being scaffolding. Uh, that's, that's not good. We need, we need people to be committed, but we need to understand. We, we just need to help un- locate people on where, on where they are. So if you've had someone in your life that you used to be really, really good friends with, or there was a season when you were really close and it just was like you were besties, you know? Uh, and now... It's not quite in that same place anymore for whatever reason. I want to say, well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, maybe maybe if, if you're feeling a sense of guilt or a sense of, oh, you know, maybe, maybe you could be big enough to say, take them for coffee and say, listen, you know, I've not seen you for a while and just feel a little bit awkward about that. You know, I don't know, you've moved on, I've moved on, it's cool, everything's cool. But I just wanna say thank you for what we had. Thank you for what we had during that season. You know what, what you did for me then, what you did. And like, and, and then you're leaving that friendship, you're moving on from it in a very wholesome way rather than a sense of awkwardness and guilt and oh, and that. It's an option. It's an option. Maybe you can't meet them for coffee. Maybe you can send them a letter. Maybe you can send them a gift. Maybe you can send them an email. I don't know. Maybe don't send them a text. That's not cool. Um, because there's no effort in sending a text. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, you know. Um, some friendships falter because people can't grow with you. Some friendships falter because people can't grow with you. And you could have a friendship with certain people because at that time you were on the same level. But now you've grown and maybe they haven't. And that's why the friendship has, is, has, has moved on. Sometimes people can't go with you. And you've got to learn to release people because otherwise they will hold you back and they will stop you becoming the person that God wants you to be. So let them do everything that you can to get them to go with you. But if they're going to go with you, they've got to grow with you. Sometimes that means then we have to edit our relationships. 
See, yeah. Sometimes when we edit our relationships, it makes room because we've only got capacity for so many people. It makes room for other people to come into our lives. And that's a good thing. We're nearly out of time, but, you know, I I, I do want to mention about, you know, like toxic friendships. Toxic friendships are where you're in a friendship where you're being controlled or there is jealousy or they suck the life out of you. I want to say, if they won't change, you must let them go. Or maybe it is a a situation where you're meant to be scaffolding for a season where you run alongside them and, you know, but there is no relationship. Love sets people free. There is no relationship where you should be being controlled or someone is trying to limit the relationships you have with other people because now they're jealous of you and you can't talk to somebody else or you can't show affection to somebody else because everything you do for somebody else, somehow they interpret as against them. That is something you cannot allow. Goodness, time's gone, but you know, I was gonna say, sometimes your greatest friend isn't someone you would call a friend. They just tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. You know, Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. I could keep you here all night talking about that. Sometimes your greatest friend is not the person who's just going to say nice things to you. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Sometimes the stuff you need to hear, you don't want to hear. You know, um, I think it was Winston Churchill said um, that uh, I love... I love learning. I don't always enjoy being taught. And, uh, and I think, like, I, I don't know about you, I can relate to that. I love learning. I don't always enjoy being taught. Friendship is a powerful thing. And as I said, it can, it can last a lifetime. But I'm hoping that you've understood from tonight that relationships around your life are to be there to help propel you into being the best version of yourself. I'm not talking about the fact that, that you know, now every time you get together with somebody, it's like, now what, what shall we do so that we can propel each other into the next season of our lives? I'm not talking about living at that level of intensity. Sometimes, you know, just being with somebody is playing a game of badminton or going for a walk or going on a picnic or going. Sometimes it's just being in the car and saying nothing. Sometimes the mark mark of a great relationship is that I can just sit there and say nothing and it's cool. Don't have to talk. Uh, So I hope that you will understand that that God wants you to have friends. Most importantly, I believe God wants you to be a friend and that He wants those friendships to glorify Him and help you be the person you were born to be. Hope that's helped. God bless you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.